Dr. Jamie and Zoe land a TARDIS on Dolcus, where two aliens called the Dominators are planning to blow up the planet and use the radioactive remains as fuel for their spaceship. The Dr. Jamie and Zoe must work together with the Dolkians to defeat this threat. This is the Dominators. Welcome to Regenerated. We were just taken aboard their spacecraft. Believe me, they're callous, without pity. Oh, I can't oh, say. I would be grateful if you could tell me what occurred on the island. Oh, look here, we've told you. We're just wasting time talking while Zoe's in danger. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Regenerated. I am Matt, and I am joined by Becky. Hello. And this week we have the Dominators, and I keep wanting to say Dementors, Becky. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. As soon as you said it last week, I knew full well you were going to say Dementors. Mm, yes, it's a little bit difficult to differentiate between the oh, two, even, isn't it? Even though, oh, how can you not differentiate between the two? You have the two have legs. Mm, well, Dementors yeah. don't really have legs. Oh, They're no. just sort of floaty thingies. Well, yeah. Well, it's not very... Although um, I could easily watch Harry Potter over and over and over and mm, over and over and over again. Yeah, but this is Doctor Who, so we better keep it on Doctor Who this week. It's not that long since we recorded the last one, just a few days. There's not really been much happened. Just enjoying the nice weather here in Britain. And with well, I don't know nice about barbecue weather. And, well, it's been a little bit warm. Well, yeah, we, start, well, we started digging up the border and everything today. And the problem was... Is that start blooming drizzling halfway through, mm, yeah. and then the sun come out, and then it British started bread. continuing drizzling, and then the sun went away and it stopped drizzling, and it's like you know you, half the time you don't know if it's going to snow, hail, thunder, you know, glorious spring. Well, it's just typical <laughs> British weather, Becky. You well, we had snow at get. the beginning of April, so mm, yes, it's been a bit strange lately. So heat wave one minute, snow the next. I think before we sort of get into the Dominators, we should say that this is uh, season five now. So it's the last season of Patrick Troughton. Um, so quickly we'll go through what we I have know, to come got up. U- I got, kind of really got used to his, you know, quick wittedness. And, you know, like I've said many a time, I think Patrick Troughton resembles my inner self. And... You know, I, I just kind of feel a bit of a loss that oh. us kind of the last season, yes, you know, that's, that's in, the in, the, in the end of William Hartnell, it was like, thank God, you know, but in a, in a way, because it was getting a bit, you know, a bit stale towards the end. But I've never really, you know, obviously I, I was a bit of a, you know, Patrick Troughton virgin as I am with most of these. Um so I don't know. I've taken quite a fondness to him. It just, so. To me, it doesn't seem that long of a no, run. No, it hasn't. I think it's because William Hartnell's was a lot longer. Yeah. And Patrick had less serials. And I've said that it's not 
the um, quantity, it's the quality with yeah, Patrick Chilton. I, I get what you mean, and the quality is definitely there. And you know, I just got, I just got a bit of a nice fondness. It's sort of, you know, towards his doctor, and you know, I'll be sad to see him go. Mm. Yes. A quick correction. Actually, it's season six, not season five. I was a bit mistaken there. You made a baby. Yes. So we have this one that we'll go through, which is the Dominators. Then we have the Mind Robber, the Invasion, uh, the Crotons, the Seeds of Death. Crotons? They float in soup. Something like that. The Space Pirates and then the War Games. So there's not very many serials in the season either. Crotons. The, the croutons, maybe. Croutons. croutons. Oh, no, that'll be the croutons. All the way through. Mm, Hell yeah, yes. now. Anyway, the Dominators. The crispy bread. <laughs> the Dominators, 10th of August to the 7th of September, 68. So I think the last serial was June time. So obviously they have to have a little bit of a break. A couple of couple of months break and then they're back into the next season. This one was five episodes. So again, I always thought this was a bit strange that it was five episodes. Apparently it's supposed to be six, but they cut an episode. So, yeah, it's just a, a weird sort of number. We haven't had any five series. We've had uh, threes and uh, 12, uh, a six, you know, fours, but not a five. It's a bit strange. And this one was written by Norman Ashby, or should I say, really, it was written by two other men. That's a pseudonym because apparently, so I read that it was a little bit of... Um, a bit problematic behind the scenes with the writers so they decided they didn't want to be associated with this story so they actually made a pseudonym but the real writers were Mervyn Hainsman and Henry Lincoln who actually done The Abominable Snowman and Web of Fear no, that sounds quite right it's strange that they wanted a pseudonym you know and change change the name maybe they didn't think much of the story well, I don't or know. maybe they thought that the studio didn't think much of it, and well, we will get into the story. But or it would, might not be well received. But anyway, direction was by a Morris Barry, Tomb of the uh, sorry Moonbase, Tomb of the Cybermen, and this one, which was his final story. So I think there's a little bit to go through this week. I think it had <laughs> well. Before we get into it, it had good points and bad points. I think um, is what I should say as fair to say. What did you? What are your initial reactions to the Dominators? Well, I keep wondering why you're not saying Dementors now because I keep thinking they're actually Dementors and not Dominators. Well, no, um, it's the Dementors. No, the Dominators. <laughs> See, you've got me doing it now. You've that's the thing. You started, you started mentioning it, and that's got me got it in my head. So I'm thinking it as well. But it's um, going to be a long podcast. <laughs> But yeah, no, the, my initial thoughts of him was basically a cross between Jaws, as in the villain from James Bond, with in the facial way, right. slash Luther from Umbrella Academy with the whole, mm. you know, yes. shoulders up near your head sort of job. Well, we'll quickly go through the sort of loose... Um... In English, my stepfather, when he's trying to do sit up, We'll sort of go through um, a loose synopsis. The 
TARDIS arrives on the planet Dolcus, where the Doctor, Zoe and Jamie decide to have a quiet holiday, only to find the evil Dominators and their robotic slaves, the Quarks, have arrived on a radioactive island where they plan to detonate a bomb. And that is literally the story, again, in a nutshell, a bit like last week's. Yeah. Very simplistic story as well. And it... Well, yeah, but the funny thing is, it's kind of ironic how they've got Zoe with all her scientific knowledge and everything, and then... You know, she's coming up with like, ideas and well, stuff, and the doctor's sort of, like, oh, well, yeah. While well, you've kind of mentioned Zoe, uh, we might as well discuss Zoe before we sort of go through some of the finer points of the episodes. What do you think of Zoe now? It's like two, it's sort of to, one and a bit. To be honest, bit. this is the first time she's full I'm companion. kind of, you know, obviously, you know, she's displaying, still displaying quite a lot of intelligence. And, you know, she's putting in her two cents, so to speak, with regards to things. And, you know, she's not just being the girl, if you get what I mean. To me, it definitely feels like a different sort of companion for the female role. Yeah. She's actually, she's outsmarted Jamie in this one for once. Jamie's kind of Mr. Know-it-all. He's kind of on the same wavelength as the Doctor normally. He kind of knows the plot before we do or the Doctor does. But this time, it seems that Zoe was one step ahead of even Jamie, which is, I think is a different thing. Yes, there was a little bit of a screaming moment, which I will get onto, but I think it was just there because in that situation, you probably would. Yeah, it wasn't just for the fact of scream just to scream. But I think going forward, I think she's not, they're doing not too bad with Zoe so far. So, like I said last week, I've got high hopes for her yeah, as a companion. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they keep her sort of, like, intelligence going. Because, like I said, you know, the fact that, you know, the fact that it was sort of a science based episode with, you know, the whole fact of they were using the radiation from the planet and things like that. And they were trying to set off the bomb to create more radiation to use it as fuel for their fleet and things mm. like that. The fact she, you know, she picked up on that quicker than what the other two did and, you know, the fact of what they were using it for, how they were using it and things like that, you know, so it's good that obviously they're using her um, abilities to sort of solve that. I think she showed her worth. I yeah, think is the word to use because she's actually. Well, I was she actually say, helped I was saying that. I was just going the long way around. She about actually it. helped the doctor instead of being a hindrance. Hindrance, and even hindrance. when even when she was in, you know, captured and in danger. It's it's hindrance, not yeah. hindrance. What, whichever, Becky. It's no e in between. Well, moving on. Even when she was actually in trouble and captured, she actually was the one who came up with the idea of. I'm not going to be captured. Let's get out of here. I'll formulate a plan. So it's not like other companions where they just sort of wait for the Doctor or Jamie to arrive to free them. She actually was proactive in her escape attempt, which yeah. I thought was another sort of different um, difference from this companion to the previous Well, yeah, ones. not only that, she was trying to encourage the others not to submit and actually say, right, well, are you going to just sit there and do it and let him do it? Or are you going to get off your asses and you know get out of it yeah so episode one starts off a little bit differently from normal serials becky 
we kind of normally have, you know, it's normally tried and tested method, which is the TARDIS materializes, a doctor and the companions come out and they're on a different place or base or wherever. This time, very different. There was a little model shot of like a little flying saucer that landed. Two men got out of the saucer, which we've come to know as uh, Dominators. And I thought that was very different. So what do you think of the Dominator look? It's, uh, I thought it was quite comical. Well, yeah, like I said, Luther from the Umbrella Academy meets Jaws. Well, you had a rag, I think it's a Rangon. Is it Ragon? I think he's like the sort of leader of the two I men. I thought it was um, Rago. Rago. Rago, then. See, I'm I'm renowned for not saying names very well. There, well, there's a couple that are kind of testing. Yep, that's it, Toba. So you had um, Toba was second in command. And Although Rago, I kept Rago is first. I kept laughing there because if you had a, a U instead of an O, it would be Ragu. <laughs> yeah, they sort of had these like really look weird outfits with like kind of I don't really know what the to, irony sort of though. The fact that I thought about Ra- I was thinking Ragu when his name came up, and, and we ended up having lasagna for tea. Mm, yes, very the nice. Irony. So yes, my lasagna is amazing. The look of them is this like really sort of weird sort of. I don't know, it's like a, a sort of vest type thing that's got really sort of padded out, like, shoulder bits. It's just a really strange outfit. Um, It's basically taking 80 shoulder pads and going completely space age with them and well, this start raving mad. This is probably where the trend mad. started, Becky, with massive I don't shoulder think, pads. I don't think so. Then we got introduced to their sort of robot slaves that are called the Quarks. And I thought Quarks was kind of a cheese, Becky. Quark isn't a cheese. What is it? Quark then? is sort of like um Well Quark's in Star Trek. Creme fresh but a dairy free version. I think it's a sort of vegan, non sweetened version, sort of something like that. Mm. It's it's minging. But um they encourage you to use it a lot at Slim World, even though it's nasty and I don't. Yeah. Um but yeah, the thing is, oh to be honest, I'm with you on that, because as soon as they said quark, I was like Ooh, Ferengi, where? And yeah, so <laughs> another Star Trek like, reference here, like, what shall we say? And Doctor then Who the, reference and Star Trek, I must Trek, admit, maybe. the fact, I thought, oh yeah, here we go, crossover, you know, but the fact that them little robot things came out, I was a bit disappointed. Well, they kind of make it a sort of mystery in the beginning. You sort of see a, po- uh, a point of view, you know, and they're just sort of referenced, but then we actually do get to see them. And to be fair, it's just like um, a small person in a box. Like, you can see that they really didn't have a budget for this one. They sort of just went out the back, got a cardboard box, and made a robot. So it's like sort of the thing you would sort of create for your children. But yeah, I've made them for kids at a nursery before. And as soon as I made one for ours, everyone else's kids were like, oh, can you make me one? Can you make me one? And it got really irritating after three hours of making robot costumes. Again, the villains. A lot of paper cuts. The villains are very basic. You know, you've got like an alien humanoid, which are the Dominators, and a cardboard box. <laughs> so, Although, that kind of make you know, I'm just looking... Are the heads of those things? It looks like it's like a mace, like the top of a mace. No, it don't really. I'd, I'd say like... I c- at first I thought, oh, 
maybe someone's coated like half a sphere in bubble wrap. But then I look closer and it actually looks like someone's got like a ton of washers out of the pick and mix section in B&Q and decided to just put a little glue on a sphere and go dunk straight mm. in them. Yes. Very strange design. You can see that they probably didn't have much money it's when like they thought of the design. Like washers and like nuts off bolts and stuff. Anyway. The, Weird. The TARDIS then lands and we find out that we're on the planet Dulcus and Dulcus. Yeah, it's they don't really do, I don't really know what they they don't really reference what the planet kind of is. They say that the sort of area in which they we've come to find out later on the area is supposed to be like radiated an, uh, an island. Yeah, an island where tested. it's supposed to be yeah, it's supposed to be tested like nuclear weapons. So it's supposed to be all like radiated. Well, it weren't actually nuclear weapons. They tested if you actually listen to it, they actually said that they actually tested of trying to use a form of atomic energy, use their energy supply, uh, change their energy supply, and then when it didn't work and it failed, they stopped doing it. Yeah. So um, the doctor says about having a holiday. So, so not like Richard Branson then, because every time he fails, he just carries on. You've said before about the doctor. Does he ever go on holiday again? They've mentioned it again about going on holiday, but. So, question. The doctor's been why here does before he pull again. A, why does he pull a net out and then a beach ball? Oh, they're on holiday. Yeah, but why do you need a net? Well, I don't know. Maybe he's going quarrying because it's obviously a quarry. Do- Doctor Who loves quarry. a quarry. Quarrying? Doctor Who, they love a quarry. Well, that's a fishing net. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he's just going to catch some sand. I don't know. Right, you do understand the purpose of a net, right? It has holes in it. So if you're going to go and fill it up with sand, what's going to happen? Well, oh well. <laughs> anyway, as they're sort <laughs> of... like going picking up sand of a sieve. As they're trying to sort of enjoy the holiday, they hear this explosion because the quarks have actually shot these... Um, are they Dolkians? Is that what... Yeah, they're, they're, yeah Dolkians. They're, I got it right. Dolkians who are part of like a, um, a sort of tourist... Sort of illegal tourist thing. Yeah. Really strange. The leader who is called Cully, he's sort of operating this. Captain. Yeah, he's kind of like the leader captain of this illegal tourist thing. He's hiding. The other three of the party, they're sort of walking in the sort of, should we say, dunes. And the quarks see them. The dominators then order them to be killed. And that's what happens. They sort of blow them up. Or is it that they, they kill them? I think actually, I think they kill them and then they go to the actual like um, it's capsule. Like a, yeah, the capsule hover ball thing that yeah. they transported in. They blew that up, and that's yeah. what the explosion is. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So they hear that. Although that's kind of really annoying me with the Dolkins' outfits because it's like one, the dudes are wearing dresses. Fair enough, get that. But it's like in Roman and Grecian times and everything. You know, the men wore shorter skirts than women, right? I get that. But they're not, they weren't even skirt like dresses for the women. They were like basically, you know, Again, a, re- a really, really short sort of piece I, of lingerie. I found the Dolkians to be very primitive, but they're supposed to be futuristic. Mm. You know, they're very primitive in their look. Yeah. But it's supposed to be in the future. It's just a bit, it's a bit strange, the sort of, the way they sort of set that out. Anyway, they hear this explosion. They go exploring. They find this like um, this debris of this like space war museum. 
to only find like two dummies that were humans dressed up as dummies, which I never, I don't understand that. I don't, I, I was quite confused about that because I thought, well, are there eight people who are like died from see, the, you the can kind of see radiation? As they're, as they're trying to sit there, they're sort of shaken because they're trying to keep really still, so they're sort of moving. And in that instant, why don't they just have two dummies? Because they probably had to pay yeah. them two actors to sit there and do nothing. You could have just I got two dummies. I thought like two people who had been killed by the radiation. It's just, I just thought it was really weird. They, they could have saved They're a bit of money there. Anyway. It was really odd. They go to leave. The Doctor, Jamie and Zoe go to leave, only to be faced by three hazmat-wearing Dolkians, and then they're taken Dolkins. away. So then we find out that, you know, this Although, is... Although, did you notice the resemblance of the hazmat suits? Put it this way, if you painted them yellow, mm. they'd look How'd like you know something th- out of Monsters, Inc. How do you know they're not yellow? It's yeah, black because and white. it's black and white. So if you if they were actually yellow, they'd be like the ones at Monsters, Inc. Wow. Anyway. Maybe, maybe they should shout 2319. Mm. The Dr. Jamie and Zoe are taken to the sur- survey centre where we get introduced to a sort of, a, I call them a crew. So there is uh, Kando, who is a student. She's a female student. We have Teal, who is a male student. And their leader is a Bal- is it Balan. I think, I think that's how you pronounce it. Balan. Or Balan. 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 He's some sort of leader of the survey crew. So then we get, they sort of explain, like I said, that you know, the area is radiated uh, for 174 years, I think I'm right. 172. Is it? But it doesn't seem to be now. And for the first time, the doctor says about being from a different planet, different time. And the leader, he actually accepts it. He actually. Yeah. He actually says, oh, you know, I, I, I believe you. And that's the first, because normally with these base story lines, <laughs> they don't believe them. And then we get into like all loads of hijinks with that, because they just don't, you know, they don't work with the Doctor. Yeah, it's, anyway. it's more of a case of, yeah, you lost the plot. Yeah. Cully then comes in and warns of like two men and a robot. And then Cully tells the Doctor about these sort of marks being near the TARDIS and that they, the Dominators, are going to blow up the TARDIS. That makes the Doctor and Jamie then leave, only then for the Doctor to find these sort of tracks on the floor and they decide to follow them and then they find the flying saucer ship and they explore it. Jamie, again, this is a new thing from Jamie, I thought, because normally Jamie's a bit gun-ho. He's kind of Mr. Mr. Man of Action. Like Ian, you know, like Stephen, he's kind of the one who wants to get into these sort of things. But for the first time... Jamie doesn't want to go ahead with this. He wants yeah. to he wants to leave. He's like, can we go back now, please, Doctor? And he is very reluctant to go inside the ship. But he sort of then, um, as he goes to sort of leave, Jamie then spots two rob- robots and a Dominator on the hill. And that's kind of the end of the episode. We go straight into episode two, where Jamie and Doctor are brought into the ship, where we find out, Obviously, they're called dominators, like I've said. Yep. Jamie then stumble. Uh, Jamie is then sort of stubborn to comply with them. You know, he's sort of, you know, getting that bit of head shock thing, only then to be sort of stuck by this sort of. Um, you mean headstrong? Stubborn. That's the same thing, isn't it? Headstrong is stubbornness. It's the same type of thing. I don't know. Anyway, he's sort of stuck on. My mum calls it a lot of things. He's kind of then stuck to the wall, and then he's sort of probed. 
so they find out like what his sort of genetic makeup is and if they're sort of intelligent or something like that and if you notice the dominator had that same sort of perspex plastic like headset thing which we've seen in a previous serial and i can't remember for the life of me which one it was it was a base one so that kind of doesn't really narrow it down because we're seeing loads and loads of base ones. But, you know, can you remember they sort of all in that control room, they had these sort of perspex sort of goggle things that they put over their head. Yeah. And that's kind of the same thing as what um, happens here. That was the one where the, uh, that was the one with Salamander. What? Uh, Enemy of the World? Yeah. Well, there you go then. You've got a better memory than what I have. Well, duh. Anyway, they sort of probe him. They say that they can... Be, uh, the Doctor and Jamie can be used as a workforce and the Doctor is to be tested. Zoe then travels to the cap- uh, to the capital in this sort of flying capsule thing with Cully where she is questioned by Cully's father who's sort of the leader of the Dolkian society. His name is Senex. Cully then tries to explain what's been happening at the survey uh, base and then we cut to the scene where the doctor is sort of tested with this box where he puts his hands in it and then he has to complete this sort of puzzle where he's like i think from what getting i can tell shock. yeah he's getting like electrocuted sort of shocked the doctors then sort of realize that they kind of don't want to show their intelligence off so he tells jamie to sort of act stupid and then they get tested by the dominators by making them sit down get them to get up but they keep getting electrocuted and obviously like so and there's just like a moment here because i like the doctor and it's quite endearing from patrick Chapman's doctor where the dominators say sit down and patrick Chapman's like oh thank you he, he still has that sort of polite manners hmm. where even though he's in danger yeah and i did think the doctor was quite in danger to be fair i think this is kind of one of the worst sort of situations he's been in because he describes the dominators as very callous and they they're very they got like loads of malice and this sort of thing. I think he was like genuinely in trouble in this one. Which I thought he was genuinely kind of bricking it. Yeah, so yeah, he was kind of worried. Money. Yeah, he was kind of worried about the situation. Anyway, he sort of like I said, tried to get to get up, keep getting electric shocked, only for the dominators to just say, Well, just jump. So they get up and jump. The doctor then bluffs his way out of the situation where the dominators decide not to destroy them. And then they take them to the museum where they leave. And then the, I always think this is a bit strange, this bit as well. I thought this was quite interesting. Like the Dominators like leave the Doctor and Jamie in the museum, walk away. And then the Doctor and Jamie are allowed to leave and go about their business and go and warn the Dolkians or formulate a plan to how to stop them. It's really, really strange like how you would do that. If you had somebody captured, you would you well, wouldn't. Clearly, they didn't think they were much of a threat. Well, I, th- I think that's probably why you know why they did it then because it, I just think yeah. it was really, really strange. Anyway, the Doctor Jamie then leave, and then Zoe is uh, back at the capital. She's then given clothes to blend in with the Dolkians, and again, yeah, the lingerie dress. Yeah, it's like a see-through skirt. And she's literally just wearing really like nothing much else. It wasn't even hot pants, was it? Nope. It literally was didn't leave a lot to the imagination. Let's Brace. just say that. Yeah. Which again, I was a little bit, you know, I don't really know what to really think of that. How we how we got a sigh how we got a sigh at it and say, oh, 
they, they are sexualizing the female companion again or are they just genuinely you know is that genuinely the style of the 60s i, I don't really know becky don't, yeah that'd probably be a style of the 60s for women's nightwear yeah anyway it's a bit strange anyway the doctor and jamie they end up going to the capital and teal balan kando go to look at the spaceship because they are inquisitive anyway <laughs> you know what they say curiosity killed the cat well it nearly did because they did get captured they're then scanned and then there's a reference here which i thought was very interesting where they scanned the dolkians and they said hmm two hearts and that made my ears prick up a little bit because obviously we know the doctor has two hearts now yep do you think that this was like the first time where they sort of dropped that in there into the script or into the story and then they thought about it and they thought, oh, that'd probably be a good thing for the Doctor. I wonder if this is sort of the birth of the Doctor um, having two hearts. I'm not sure. Because it's just a it's just a weird reference, isn't it? They're saying that these Dolkians have got two hearts and then suddenly the Doctor has two hearts. I just think it's really Has weird. Has come up before, though? No, it hasn't. I have never noticed it. I don't think I have, but I'm not I quite don't know. sure. Anyway, the Dominators and the Quarks go to the survey centre to sort of have a look. Only for Zoe and Cully to arrive at the centre after the Dominators leave. And then the Dominators order the centre to be destroyed and they blow it up. Only for then, like I said earlier on, Zoe screams as it's blowing up around her. So that's what I mean, you know. If you're in the middle of a bomb going off... In that situation, I think, you know, screaming is, is kind of called for in a companion. If she didn't really do anything and she didn't really care about it, then it's a bit strange, you know. So I think the scream is justified here. Yeah, at least, you know... Well, yeah, because she's in fear of her life. Episode 3. Uh, the Quarks are ordered to stop the destruction... And they are then sent in to look for survivors. Zoe and Cully are sort of stuck inside. They try to force the door open, only for a quark to come in and capture them. <laughs> Doctor and Jamie are then at the capital, where they're inquiring about Zoe. Zoe and Cully are then held prisoner by the quarks outside of this museum, only for then Zoe to come up with a plan about she wants to get the laser guns to try and destroy the quarks. So again, like I said... It's about Zoe having that, you know, that mindset to not want to be captured. She wants to break out of it. It's a new thing for a companion to do, unless you're a male companion. Because to me, it always seems like it's the male companions that say, hang on a minute, we're captured. Let's formulate a plan and let's get out of here. I can't remember a female companion doing it. Um, The listeners have to let me know if there actually is one previously to this who that was, you know, be it, I don't know, Victoria or Vicky or Barbara, you know, or Susan. I don't, I can't remember a former female companion saying, let's get out of here. Here's a plan. It's just, mm. a, it's just a very interesting I development. I think Barbara, probably. Maybe. Barbara, out of all the companions with him, female, Barbara to me has been the strong, strong headed one, if that's how you say it she's, nice. she's been the one to be the most you know she, assertive she's gonna, yeah she's not gonna take any crap from anyone assertive you know and there were times when she did get captured and she had to get saved but yeah you know she I, was she was more assertive and she was um 
definitely more sort of in a domineering sort of female role. Well, I just think her, like I say, her attitude is different to the previous female companions. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good. I think it's a good development, and I'm really hoping that it continues. You know, a lot of the fans, I think, do like Zoe as a companion, and you can kind of understand if this is the way they're going, why. Yeah. Because she is more like intelligent and she's not one of the screamy young girls. She's more willing to actually get her hands dirty and get mucked in and that. Oh you yeah, know, definitely. Even after, you know, the Doctor Shua, everything that what she can encounter, she still wants to go ahead with, you know, being his companion. And also uh, getting back to that first bit, just to quickly rewind to the beginning and to the last episode of the last serial, Wheel in Space, where the Doctor does show her you know, the Daleks, and he obviously shows the Cybermen because they actually say, he actually says, or they say that, they name drop him. She yeah, kind of knows no. what she's up against. Well, in the Wheel in Space was a Cyberman episode. Oh, yes, sorry, yes, that's right. So, Nina, Nina, she, Nina. she kind of, she already knows what she's kind of in for, and it's the first time Doctor's warned a companion about it's going to be dangerous, this is what we could be up against. Even though they don't encounter the Daleks, which is quite funny. You know, she's still seen the Daleks. So anyway, moving on. The Doctor and Jamie then go back to this survey centre. In mid-flight, the Doctor sort of reprograms the capsule while Zoe, I think it's Zoe, Teal, Balan, um, Kando and Cully, they have to clear the debris outside of the museum because the Dominators are kind of testing their exhaustion levels to see how long if they can go be before they drop. Labor. Yep, and that's all it's all really about what they're trying to do with the Dolkians is just see if they're good to be slave workers or not. So awesome. Zoe then tries to sort of go for the gun, only for then a quark to be in the actual museum room. The dark the doctor then lands the capsule. The doctor and Jamie spot uh, Zoe, you know, working through um a telescope that the doctor had and again the doctor's got like mary poppins type pockets because he can get a big telescope out of his pocket which is quite funny Sounds like my but he's also got a geiger counter in there as well so yeah he's got really really big pockets Sounds like my hamburg. um cully then fakes exhaustion he goes and gets that laser gun cully is then inside the museum trying to get shop trying to get a shot only for then Jamie to appear to distract him. He misses his opportunity to get a shot off. The Doctor is then outside hiding, only to bump into another do- a Dominator. Then the Doctor, Zoe, and I'm going to call them the crew, the survey crew, are led back to the ship where a Dominator and Quark go after Cully. Jamie then uses the gun on the Quark. He sort of fires... The quark fires back. There's a little bit of a firefight, only for then Jamie to hit it and blow it up. And then the Dominators order the destruction of the uh, museum. Cully then is hit by falling debris as the museum blow up. And that's the end of episode three. So I keep saying Dominator because, to be fair, I keep forgetting which one's which. I think the majority of this bit is, uh, what's his name? Is it Tubbo? What's his name? Toga. You mean Toba. 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 Toba's the one who's kind of more rogue than what the other one is. 
the leader wants to just try and get on with the plan, whereas Toba is kind of the man who's kind of being a dick. Yeah, he's kind of rogue. He's kind of doing his own thing. He kind of he wants to take out all the Dolkians and that sort of thing. But anyway, episode four, the crew are sent back to the uh, to clear the debris of the museum that they've just now basically blown up. Doctor and Zoe then remain in the ship. The Dominators then have a bit of interfighting. Like I say, they're a little bit sort of rogue. Um, Toba's a bit rogue. And Rago is trying to sort of keep him in check a little bit here. Jamie and Cully, they actually, we find out they got inside this underground bunker where they can't get out. It's getting a bit stuffy. You know, they're losing oxygen. And then the Dominators start drilling into these different sites where they're basically going to create holes in four locations, put rockets in, and then in the center, they're going to put this device to basically create like a volcano and upset the core to cause loads of magma and destruction. and Over the whole planet. Basically, yes, and make it radioactive so they can use the... Yeah, fuel. Yep, and that's it. So the Doctor is then sort of questioned and blackmailed. Um, and Regu wants to go to the capital to see if he can basically get the Dolkins to be his slave force. So he ends up taking the capsule that the Doctor had earlier to the capital. I thought the capsule seemed very close to the museum. Yeah. If you watch the scene, literally behind them is the museum. So you can tell that they were on a soundstage and they obviously didn't have much room. So they kind of just put it to one side, said that's where it is. And to be fair, the sort of the Mm. camera sort of positioning isn't that great, really, for when they sort of walk away. But Jamie, Jamie and Cully, they sort of force the hatch open and leave. They have to hide from the quarks. Jamie then wants to take out these quarks to sort of cause a bit of a distraction for the doctor. They sort of go around counting how many there are. Jamie then throws stones and rocks. Cully then ends up pushing a boulder down and destroys one of them. Toba then leaves the ship with a quark to investigate because they've got this like screen where it's like got little symbols of each quark and each time one gets destroyed, the light goes out. So he decides to then go and investigate. Whereas Rago is not really that interested in it because he says about the uh, the energy source of the quarks is forever draining so they kind of want them to do the mission basically focus on the drone yeah so the doctor then sort of checks what the fuel source is this is where they sort of discover that it's sort of radiation and it's stored that the radiation from the area and that's why it's not radiated anymore toba then orders the quarks to destroy every alien on the island island but raygon sort of reaches the capital demands the slaves the crew is then brought back to the ship. Toba then orders the Quarks to start killing until he is told where Jamie is. He kills. He starts by killing Voltan, and then he threatens the Doctor, mm. and that is the end of episode four. Voltan. What? Who's Bol Boltan. Who's Boltan? That's it. It's Boltan. He's like the leader of the students. Balin. Is it Balin? Yes. I say I just I don't know. I, <laughs> there was no T in it. Well, I don't know. 
It's my writing, Becky. <laughs> yeah, no one and then the final that. episode, Raygon arrives back to stop Toba. The Quarks then leave, only for then Cully and Jamie to go back to the shelter, use that as their sort of sort of base. The Doctor and the crew, they go back to the museum. The Doctor spots Jamie as he sort of wraps this sort of sheet around the legs of the uh, Quark, takes it out. The Doctor, Zoe and the crew end up hiding into the shelter where the Doctor explains the Dominator's plans about the rockets and the device. He then comes up with this idea that they're going to drill in this shelter. Um, I think he said 12 foot, along 12 foot to where they're drilling the hole. Yeah. They're going to drop the device into the hole. They're going to catch the device and that's how he's going to stop it. There's a lot of flaws in that plan, but <laughs> we will continue. Well, yeah, he could catch it and it could blow up. Anyway. So, I think actually, in it, originally, it's Jamie's plan. Yeah. He says it's a bit stupid, but the Doctor goes along with it. We also see another use for the sonic screwdriver. So, this time it doesn't open up screws or anything like that. It actually drills or sort of burns a hole in the side of the shelter so they can get digging. And to be fair, they got no shovels down there. they got no spades, no nothing. No, I thought they were just using, like, dinner trays. Well, it's kind of like a bit of metal that they're using. It's really strange. Yeah, like, it looks like a dinner tray. Logically, if you think about it, it would take probably fucking days to Come actually... Come on, we've all seen The Great Escape. We all know how long it takes to dig it a hole. It would take days to dig that hole that Days, far. weeks... But anyway, Jamie and Cully go out and delay the quarks. They're taking them all out using this chemical compound that the doctor has made from a medical kit. Again, he likes to use his chemicals. They get to a point in the dig where they're literally at the hole. The dominators go and drop the device down. The doctor then uh, catches it. And again, it's an orb type thing. I tell you, Doctor Who at the minute is obsessed with balls or orbs. We've seen so many over the last like season. It just seems like they're just recycling the same props over again. But anyway, the doctor sort of, he caught it. He says, oh, no, it's sealed. What are we going to do? He then sends Jamie and Zoe back to the TARDIS while he places the device on the Dominator ship. As it takes off, it blows up. The rockets then take off. And the doctor and Zoe and Jamie are kind of watching on. But all of a sudden, Jamie sort of reminds him, hang on. We're on a molten planet that's now going to explode. The Doctor then, in comedic fa- fashion, says, oh, yep, we better leave. And then that's the end. And then we- we'll go straight into the Mind Robbers next week because I think the Mind Robbers start off with a scene where they're watching the volcanic explosions. So there's that kind of thing now happening where we have one serial into another. So that is the Dominators in a nutshell with a few of our thoughts. So... Yes, it's. Is it the worst one we've seen? No, I don't think it is either. I don't. Is it? It's it's a touchy subject. Like, I'll go through the poll number because I think the poll number reflects a lot. So, in two hundred and forty-one, this one came in at uh, two hundred and thirty-four. So very low down. It's really right down the near the bottom. And I don't know. I feel this is kind of like a Keys of Marinus situation where... I don't know. Per- I think it's better than Keys of Marinus. Personally, for me, it seems like the fans don't like this one. But for me, 
the fans didn't really like Keys and Marinus. But we kind of watched it and we kind of come to a consensus that actually it was not too bad. It was all right. I think this time with the Dominators, personally for me, so I'm just speaking for myself, I actually quite liked it. Mm. And I can see what people are saying. The story is very basic. It's not a lot to it. Well, you know, there was clearly enough to it to last five episodes. And yeah, I don't think it was like, I think five was just enough. Yeah, it didn't drag or anything. If they had gone like six it, episodes, well, it would have been too long. That's the thing. Because we've always said before, you know, some of the six episode things drag, sometimes more, anything more than four drags, and things like that. But this didn't drag. I think it was just right. Yeah, and to to know that it was supposed to be six, you know, what what could they have done to make it six? I don't think they could have. No, I don't think they could have made it six. So, yeah. That would have dragged. I actually quite liked it. But that, that would have dragged. That really. being said, two hundred and thirty-four is really low on the pot. You know, the poll that two hundred and forty-one. You mm. know, it's literally within the bottom ten. So yeah, it's an interesting thing. But anyway, if we go now to Mark Campbell's verdict. Now, if we remember last time. With the wheel in space, he gave that a two out of ten, so really low down. But if we get now into his verdict, it is the dominators argue the Dolkians are timid and nothing ever really happens. Four out of ten, so a little bit higher than the wheel in space, but it's still below average. But then, what makes me laugh is that's what I'm saying about subjective and. Mark Campbell's guide being just his opinion, no one else's opinion. The fans put Wheel in Space higher than the Dominators, yet he's now scored the Dominators higher than the Wheel in Space. So a little bit of a disconnect there, but it is what it is. So I would say if I was going to give it a score, it'd probably be an average 5 out of 10. Mm. Wasn't bad, wasn't good, was in the middle. And I'm happy to give it a 5 out of 10. Everyone listening at home, let us know in the social medias what you thought of The Dominators. Did you think it was a 5 out of 10 average story? Or do you think it is worthy of the 234 number in the poll? Let us know. So that being said, next week is The Mind Robbers. And... We'll see what happens there. Another one that's completely in the archives, like I said last week. We are sort of out of the sort of weeds with telly snaps. It's now animations and full serials going forward, except for the Space Pirates, which I think is complete. I'm thinking in my mind it's completely dis- it's completely gone, but I'm not too sure. We'll have to see. So, yeah, Mind Robbers. Like I said, social media is in the description. Hit us up there, and I think we will leave it there. So I will say goodbye and say goodbye, Becky. Bye-bye. Goodbye.